Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's podcast episode is our Thursday edition where we preview the Jets' upcoming game. And this week, it's against an old rival of mine. I've always hated the Raiders, and we're playing them on Sunday Night Football in Las Vegas for the very first time. Another big stage for this team, for this offense to try to get something going. Another opportunity to show the world just how freaking good this defense is, how sick our pass rush is. And just remind them that like, with this defense and the kicker that we have and some special teams guys that we have, if we did have an offense, an offensive line, some receivers, and our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, we would absolutely be potentially a Super Bowl contender. Because the defense really is that good. And we're going to show the world that again against Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. But the question is, what is the offense going to do? Are they going to be able to do enough to win this game and get back in the win column? So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about the AFC East really quick. The AFC picture in general. um, An abbreviated version of all of this. Because frankly, it's not been a great football week for me. And it's one of those weeks that... This was one game that the Jets played, and they hit their floor. They made so many mistakes. Everything they could do wrong on offense, they did do wrong. And it's not always going to be this bad. I mean, it will be this bad again, but it won't be this bad every single week. And I don't expect it back-to-back weeks. I expect it to come against the Patriots maybe one more time this year, an offensive game this bad. But then for the most part, like that typical 14 to 16 points, which a lot of times for this Jets defense is enough to win the game. So... We really just need to get past this game, get to another matchup that's a little bit more favorable for the offense than this one, hopefully, in the outcome, and potentially get a win where we can move on and and not be as negative about it. So that's kind of the only medicine for this team right now, is just play another football game and don't make those mistakes and maybe win it. So we're going to talk about uh, those things quickly. Before I begin, I want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found part of the Fans First Sports Network. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. So looking at the AFC East, this thing started with the Dolphins losing to the Chiefs on Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday morning in Germany. And then you've got the Patriots losing to the Commanders. You know, that doesn't matter. They're 2-7 and seven now. And then you had the Bills losing to the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. So every single team in the AFC East lost. And if the Jets were able to beat the Chargers at home, They would have been able to go up a game on every single team, be in second place, and nipping at the heels of the Dolphins, who we play in a couple weeks. And that would have felt really good, and I thought everything was kind of going according to plan. But unfortunately, the Jets' offense laid an egg and made way too many mistakes. They lose to the Chargers. Every single team in the AFC East loses this week. The positioning stays exactly how it was. We still have matchups, two against the Dolphins, one against the Bills, one against the Patriots, so in no way is the AFC East already determined who's going to be the winner or who's going to make the playoffs or not. The Bills are reeling a little bit, and the Dolphins haven't had really any good games against competitive teams so far. They've been picking on the week. So a lot of opportunities still available there, but we go to 4-4, and and when you look at the rest of the AFC, a lot of teams won this week. 
You had the Chargers, the Raiders, the Texans, the Colts, all winning on top of the entire AFC North, which is a big thorn right now. Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens, those teams continue to win, and it looks like they're going to have two, maybe three playoff teams. Maybe you're going to get two coming out of the AFC East. The Jets have to just start stacking wins again. This Chargers game sucked. Got to move past it. Got to beat the Raiders. Then look at those AFC East matchups. Put themselves in better position. Then we'll talk about playoffs more. Right now, just starts with wins. So we're still in the mix. We'll talk about the uh, playoff picture in more detail next time we win to see where we're at. And if we continue to lose, eventually we'll start talking about the freaking draft order. We don't want to do that. So that is a quick touch base on the AFC East as well as the AFC playoff picture somewhat as it pertains to the Jets. We're 4-4 four and four now, still on the bubble, but not in the top seven teams at this point in time. A couple wins, we'll talk about it again, right? Before we go over to the Raiders preview to see if the Jets can get that next win, we do have to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little What's On Tap. That is right, folks. This is What's On Tap. And today, I am drinking a Benji by Tribus Beer Company out of Milford, Connecticut. It is a 6.8% IPA. It's called Benji for Benjamin Franklin. It's got $100 bills all over the green can. And uh, I think it makes perfect sense because it's basically $1.00 for every net passing yard that Justin Herbert had against this incredible Jets defense. Technically, Justin Herbert had 107 net total yards, but it's close enough to a Benji. So I'm going to try this one out, and it is a... It's a tasty treat. It's a blend of Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado hops. It seems to be that Citra and Mosaic are two of the hops that I have most often. I think they're two of my favorites, and... uh, Honestly, I drink so many of these like 6.8% IPAs in my life and on this podcast and try all these different ones. And you would think that as I aged and got older and tried so many that I would be very good at describing what they taste like. But as time has gone on, I find that rather than like really understanding the flavor notes of all of these different beers, they've all just kind of melded into one IPA flavor. And I can tell like fruity, dank, dark, light, and that's about it. This one's a little bit dank, pretty light overall. It's, you know, it tastes like so many other beers I've had. It doesn't stand out as special. doesn't stand out as bad at all. I would be happy to go to Milford, Connecticut, down on the shoreline and try this thing on tap. I'm sure it's really, really good on a hot summer day. It works for today's podcast. And uh, it's Benji by Tribus Beer Company. That is this week's What's on Tap. Now we're going to go over to the Raiders preview, but first, a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. Let's talk about this game coming up against the Raiders, who are 4-5 and five on the season. They started pretty freaking bad. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was struggling. Devontae Adams was looking for potential trades. Josh Jacobs couldn't get anything going. They elect to fire both their head coach and general manager. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are out. Josh McDaniels is a real dick, and I'm happy that he got fired because he's one of my least favorite coaches in history. Not just because he was with the Patriots. That didn't help. He was a bad head coach for the Broncos. But he also said that he was going to join the Indianapolis Colts, accepted the head coaching job. So they hired all these people to be his supporting cast of coaches. You know, he takes the, say, For example, a special teams coordinator from, like, Atlanta, and this guy, offensive coordinator from Detroit, 
and these guys quit their jobs to go join Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis. Then, right before the season starts, Josh McDaniels says, you know what, I'm not going to be the coach. I'm going to go back to the Patriots. And all those guys that had left their jobs to join him in Indy had already been replaced by the teams they were leaving from, and all those guys were screwed. And it's very possible, knowing the Patriots, that he did that on purpose to try to get a competitive advantage against a rival team in the Colts that had given them fits over the years with Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. It's very possible that it was all some stupid ploy from D-bag Josh McDaniels. So eventually he gets another shot. He rided on the coattails of Tom Brady for many, many years, as did Bill Belichick. Eventually Josh McDaniels gets another shot, this offensive mind genius for the Patriots. He goes over to the Raiders. He's been fired twice in less than two years. After a year and a half of coaching, he's been fired by two teams, first coach in NFL history to do that. And the more you hear about the way he was coaching that team and the way he just, like, just loves the Patriots still and the grovels for them and told Antonio Pierce to make sure they never keep their names in his mouth ever again. You talk about the Patriots. It's all pathetic stuff. Josh McDaniels is a hack, and he got fired. So, needless to say, the Raiders have made an improvement on their coaching staff, and they put Antonio Pierce, former Giants Super Bowl linebacker, was on the coaching staff. He moves up to interim head coach, and instantly there's a massive vibe shift within the entire team. Antonio Pierce is a positive player, um, a player's coach the players want to play for rather than Josh McDaniels, who's a stubborn sort of jackass that nobody wants to talk to. Guys were going behind the GM and head coach of the team, talking to the owner, Mark Davis, to try to say, like, dude, this coach sucks. Um, so eventually they listen, they fire him. Antonio Pierce, on the other hand, they love his first game coaching the team. He tells the entire practice squad to suit up, which is not normal practice for the NFL. Um, tells them to be on the sideline with the team because they're a part of the team. And if they practice really well and they bust their ass during the week, then they should be there on the sideline. Even if they can't play, they can't come into the game, be there with the team because you're a part of it. So that sort of thing like resonates within the team and they're all like, well, finally we're being heard and all this stuff. The question is, if it's a bad team, which I think the Raiders are, how long does positivity and optimism like that really last for a team? I think when a coach gets fired and an interim head coach steps in, and, and tries to right the ship, there's always that like initial boost where that team plays better for that interim head coach very quickly, briefly, usually one week. The Raiders got their big win, 30-6 to against the Giants this week. Now, has it potentially kind of calmed down a little bit? Now they're looking at the Jets team. It's going to be looking to make a rookie quarterback very, very uncomfortable very quickly. That's the hope right now. When you look at the Raiders' offense, it's not very impressive. And one of the first things that Antonio Pierce and the new coaching staff did was bench Jimmy Garoppolo and basically say, Jimmy G's not playing well enough. We're going to go with fourth-round rookie Aiden O'Connell for the remainder of this season. That's pretty surprising because Jimmy Garoppolo just got a contract. He's actually a guy that the Jets had potentially considered going after. I never wanted him, but some people thought Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good Jets quarterback. The guy's already been benched for a fourth-round rookie, got his head coach fired, didn't play well, and I think that everybody looking at it now can realize Derek Carr is a hell of a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo at playing quarterback. And the 49ers make quarterbacks look a hell of a lot better than they actually are. So probably boosts the stock of Derek Carr a little bit, probably lowers the stock of Brock Purdy a little bit. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, what is that guy worth in the NFL at this point in his career? Probably a really good backup. The type of guy the Jets would probably want to have be their backup if we could at this point this season. But I digress. Aiden O'Connell will be playing against the Jets this week. He's young, 
unproven. And he's kind of a, you know, he's a young, timid guy. He's not taking a bunch of crazy chances. He's not coming in here like Nick Mullins trying to chuck the ball across the field. He's also not coming in here trying to scramble and run the ball every time. He's just playing conservative, fourth-round type of quarterback play. And it was good enough to beat the Giants. This Jets defense is a little bit different. You know the Raiders want to try to rely on Josh Jacobs, who's been extremely inefficient this year after a ridiculously great campaign last year where he led the AFC in rushing. Now all of a sudden he's struggling to even get the ball at three yards per carry. The Jets are going to be able to stop Josh Jacobs, I believe, because he's not super quick or physical. He's just kind of a balanced back. The Jets do well against guys like that. Then they're going to be able to send four guys at Aiden O'Connell, put him under pressure, hit him a few times, maybe cause some fumbles. And I think that with the guys that we have in the backfield, or the defensive backfield, you're covering Devontae Adams and you're covering Jacoby Myers. And that's basically it. They have a nice tight end rookie, Michael Mayer. Their other tight end is Austin Hooper. So those guys are a decent combination that you got to, you know, account for. Hunter Renfro, really not a part of their offense anymore. It's Devontae Adams. It's Jacoby Myers. If you stop Josh Jacobs, you would after Aiden O'Connell. I have 100% faith in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed to shut those other two wide receivers down and make this a very, very difficult game for Aiden O'Connell. The problem is you can make the quarterback of the opposing team struggle mightily, and it doesn't mean that the Jets are necessarily going to win the game. See Chargers on Monday Night Football. The question is, what can the Jets' offense do against the Raiders' defense? The Raiders' defense is a little bit scary for the Jets because Max Crosby is an absolute beast pass rusher. He has nine and a half sacks, and he finds a way with his high motor to get after the quarterback of the other team every single week, regardless of who's covering him. Now, when you talk about it being Max Mitchell or Billy Turner or whoever else they want to roll out there to the right side, maybe Mekhi Becton can go to the right if Dwayne Brown goes back to left. That's probably the best chance we have. But Max, uh, either way, Max Crosby is going to have a field day, and he's going to be looking to hit Zach Wilson early and often. So Zach has to get the ball out of his hands. we got to make sure that we're... Picking up that side, watch Max Crosby. Usually the right tackle side is where Max Crosby lines up. But other than him, nobody on their entire defense has more than two sacks. So nine and a half for Crosby, two or one for everybody else. It's a one-man wrecking crew on that pass rush. The pass rush is the thing that really breaks Zach Wilson down. Stop Max Crosby at all costs. The Raiders have one good linebacker who's been making plays, Robert Spillane. Then they have some athletic defensive backs. Marcus Peters, Trevon Merrig, Amik Robertson, Nate Hobbs, Marcus Epps. Those guys can make plays. They're getting interceptions. They're fast. They're athletic. You know, if you uh, throw a bad ball, they'll make a play on it. They'll make you pay. But they aren't unbeatable in terms of trying to get open for. Specifically, Garrett Wilson's going to have no problem against those guys. Everybody else, what can Xavier Gibson, what can Alan Lazard, what can those guys do? That's going to be kind of a one of the important factors in this game. If Alan Lazard plays like he did against the Chargers, we're probably screwed. If he plays like we know he's capable of playing at a higher level, a B, B-plus level wide receiver, it's going to be a, a much easier day for the offense. And then just trying to run on that defensive line. If Max Crosby's going to pin his ears back and try to get after Zach Wilson, maybe you run at him. You use his upfield aggression against him to leave a guy running past your running back who's potentially going for open yardage. Brees Hall is going to be relied on, as always, to try to carry this offense along with Garrett Wilson. When you look at the special teams of the Raiders, Daniel Carlson, a good kicker, 
A.J. Cole, solid punter. Pretty good special teams unit there. My prediction for this game, honestly, Aiden O'Connell, I don't think that team's going to score points against the Jets. Right? The Chargers got points, but it was because a punt return touchdown. One drive they started on the one-yard line and just rushed it in with Eckler. Another drive they start on the 50-yard line, and we have a 15-yard penalty, and all they have to do is go 30 yards, and they score there. They really weren't scoring consistently against us, and if you take out those crazy plays where the Jets really are the reason the Chargers had the opportunity, they had 10 points in this game, or less even. The Raiders are going to struggle against the Jets. The question is if we can score points. I think that we can do better than we did against the Chargers. I think we're going to get a couple turnovers that will give us a short field and opportunities to score I'm giving the Jets 16 points in this one. That's going to be three field goals and one touchdown. Probably even scored by the special teams or defense at this rate, but only nine points for the Raiders. So I see a 16-9 to win. The Jets go back into the win column, 5-4. and four. They look ahead to Buffalo. Beyond that, to the Miami Dolphins, Black Friday game. This is a big opportunity for the Jets to not right the ship, Permanently, by any means, but just slow down the narrative. This is a a spiraling team. We need to have a little bit of momentum going into those AFC East matchups because we can beat both of those teams with our defense. We can hang in the game against the Bills or the Dolphins, cause fits, make big turnovers, big splash plays, and win those games. But we want to stay positive and optimistic, and a win against the Raiders is going to help us do that. It's Sunday Night Football, so the whole world is going to be watching Aiden O'Connell take on this Jets defense and Zach Wilson at primetime redemption to see if he can do a little bit more than six points for the offense. I'm excited because I think the Jets are going to get back in the win column. I'm expecting a win here, even more so than I was against the Chargers, and I think that playing a bad game against the Chargers actually bodes well for the Jets because just like we don't string a bunch of great performances together on offense, we also don't string a bunch of horrible, abysmal performances together. You look at the Patriots and the Cowboys, and that was like a struggle but then they played much, much better on offense against the Chiefs. And vice versa. It's an inconsistent team. I think we got some of the bad juju out of the way against the Chargers. So that's all I have for this preview episode. Raiders game coming Sunday Night Football. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever they're found. Follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. Let's get back in the win column. Get back some positivity around the Jets. Ride that defense. And look at the AFC East after that. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 